I knew that song was going to be a real good song to sing before I preached this message on the chair of commitment. I seen Jason and Shelly about a month or six weeks ago at Phillips, and I bought both of their sodas. And <laughs> what are you doing this for? And I said, oh, there's a catch. I'll tell you later on. <laughs> I need you to do me a favor. So that worked out real well. Preacher's always thinking. <clears throat> Pray for me. I hope you do every week. Good night. Preaching all of you people hear me. And the following week they hear me. And over at Centralia. And now you're on the World Wide Web. And CDs everywhere. And so, yeah. If you run out of things to pray for, pray for the preacher. Preacher always needs it. No doubt about it. Let's go to the book of Matthew. We're going to start a series. What chair are you sitting in? Today we're going to look at the chair of commitment. Go to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26, verse 17. And when everybody start coughing, I'm going to be the one that's going to be coughing today. <laughs> Matthew 26, starting with verse 17. Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for you to eat the Passover? And Jesus said, Go into the city of such a man, and say unto him, The Master says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And Jesus answered and said, He that dips his hand with me in the dish the same shall betray me, which was a absolute disrespect to the host. In Middle Eastern times, you wait until the person that is in charge of that table would pass you exactly what you needed for that course, and Judas just defiantly reaches his hand out to get what he wants. The Son of Man goes, it is written of him, but woe unto the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? Jesus said unto him, You have said. Father, we ask and pray for your blessings upon the remainder of this service. We're thankful, God, for what we can learn from your word. And Lord, I am praying that this would penetrate the heart and the spirit and the mind of every person that's here. In Jesus' name we're praying, amen. Let me set the stage. Jesus and the disciples are in the room and they are in the places and you all know what Jesus said that day, don't you? Everybody sat on this side of the table for the painting. Ha, ha, ha. 
but they're all seated around the table. One of the disciples. And it is a table of knowledge. These men know and have seen things that nobody else on the planet have seen, that nobody else on the planet have full, as full of knowledge as they themselves. And now Judas Iscariot scoots himself away from that table of knowledge. Judas Iscariot rises up out of that chair of commitment. And John, in John chapter 12, I believe it is, he really, he catches it in what he says in such a way that really speaks to me. He says, and Judas went out and it was night. Under the cover of darkness, he is going to go out and betray the Lord. He excuses himself or gets out of that place and out of that room and again pushes himself away from that knowledge, rises up out of that chair of commitment. But think of what God did with the men that stayed in the chair of commitment. Because it's Jesus and it's the 12 disciples. Then we read of 70 followers. And then we read of 120 on the day of Pentecost. And then we read that Simon Peter preaches and 3,000 are saved on the day of Pentecost. A few chapters after that, it says 5,000 were saved. A few chapters after that, it said all of the city of Jerusalem has this knowledge. A few chapters after that, it says the whole world is being turned upside down because of this message of Jesus and the resurrection. Think of this. Every church you see this week is there because you say, well, because of Jesus. Well, yes, but think about what he done in putting all authority, all power, all bets. I mean, it went on one group of men and it went on these 12. Every church you see this week has flowed from one of those 12 men. Every church you see this week, you can just rest assured that because of what Jesus empowered 12 men to do, the church is here on this planet right now because of that fact. What happened to these men that we all know their names, We've heard about them all of our lives. These men that had commitment, I mean, deep down within their spirit. Simon Peter was crucified upside down upon his own request because he felt he wasn't worthy to be crucified as Jesus was crucified. John the Beloved was boiled in oil, and that didn't kill him. It killed everybody else, but didn't kill him. And the reason why, the book of Revelation hadn't been written yet, and God was going to use that man to do it. After that, they exiled him on the island of Patmos, and there he would write that book. James was beheaded. Andrew crucified. Bartholomew filleted alive like you would fillet a fish. Thomas 
First preacher to go to India while he was praying, someone throws a spear into his back and kills him. James the Less was killed with a fuller's club and they took that club and they smashed his head. Philip was hanged. Thaddeus was shot through with arrows. Matthew, the writer of this book, was beheaded. Simon the Zealot was crucified. Matthias, the one that took the place of Judas Iscariot, was burned at the stake. That's commitment to one and all. They would not be bought up. They would not be shut up. They would not be talked out of it. I'm telling you, when Watergate happened, I heard Chuck Colson say there were six of us that couldn't keep our mouths shut. Took a pact. We won't tell anybody anything, but when the heat was turned up, one after another began spilling his guts about what they knew about Watergate. Here was 12 men upon a cruelest punishment that you can imagine would not recant what they knew to be truth, that Jesus Christ was resurrected for all mankind. Thank God. For that kind of commitment, and that is what the church has been birthed through and on, is that type of commitment. There are people today that won't even become members of a church because the church might then expect something of me. That's shameful. That's shameful. When we see what the church was built upon, men and women giving of their lives, giving of their very blood, so the church could be what the church could become. Revelation chapter 21, in the foundation, in the foundation of heaven is the names of these 12 men. God saw to it that that kind of commitment was recognized. And yet, for many people, well, it's Sunday morning. Well, it's raining. It don't rain around here anymore, but it's raining. <laughs> I can't go. It's raining. It's raining too much. I might melt. No, you might float, but you're not going to melt. That's what the old saying is. Well, it's snowing. I can't make it out today. Oh, it's sunshiny. It's too good a day to be stuck indoors. Little Johnny's got a snotty nose. The whole family's got to stay home and blow his nose. I've been pastoring for a long time. I've seen all of this. I've seen all of this. Preacher, I don't want to get involved. And that, Jesus said, makes me sick. And I will puke you out of my mouth. That's what Jesus said. Well, I didn't come to church to hear this. <laughs> I'm sorry. A few months ago, I was at Julian's restaurant there at Flora. How many of you ever had a Julian's cheeseburger? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Angie Scott, she's cooking over that hot grill. I get my cheeseburgers or whatever it was. Probably one cheeseburger. Probably two or three. Four. And she says... Pastor, I'll see you tomorrow. That was on a Saturday. I'll see you tomorrow. And then she said, no, 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 I ain't right. I'll, I'll, I'll be working in the nursery tomorrow. I may not see you tomorrow. That's what makes Orchardville Church work. 
Well, I've been working all week, and now i got to go and go to the nursery? I'll just bug out this week. Tell you what it is. In three words, what makes this church work? Get her done. That's what makes it work. <laughs> Whatever it's going to take, that's what I'm willing to do. Get her done. Not, well, I'm going to make excuses because I've worked real hard and I'd just soon not go to the nursery today. Thank God for people like Angie Scott that said, I got a job to do. I'm going to do that job. <laughs> I've always had trouble with prima donnas. I just have. Oh, I'm just too, too. I'm too great. I'm too handsome. I'm too pretty. You've heard me preach it years ago, that dog sermon. For some people, they're, they're a, a poodle. Their nails are done, and they've got the ribbon, and they show up to work. No, no. So people can see me. Got my ribbon. Deep down. Prima donnas have this notion, I'm just a little bit better than everybody else. To try to beg people to come out and show up on a work day or to get involved. Oh, no, I just can't do that. Oh, no, I got a million and one excuses why I can't do that. You know, Jesus called these disciples and every one of them was already doing something. You all know that to be true. How do you get something done? You don't get somebody that's got all the time in the world. They're never going to get it done. You get a busy person, and they're going to find a way to get it done. And that's what Jesus done here. Let me show you the opposite of, well, I just, I, oh, no, I just can't get involved. Oh, no, I'm too pretty. Oh, no, I'm too, I'm too rich. Oh, no, I'm too good. Show the opposite of that. Was this Jeremy Camp? concert Bob Pease from the Centralia branch if people wasn't looking at me before when I was standing out in the aisle when he walked up they all were and I don't know they 2,000 people there or something because Bob is just a big guy and he's got his leathers on bond slaves and walks up and just gives me a big bear hug <laughs> and we stand there and talk for two or three minutes and he said preacher when you get going over there on that Fairfield branch, I'll get all the bond slaves over there and we'll give you some work days and we'll get some things done. And that's how the church grows right there. In Revelation chapter 2 and 3, all seven churches had a great start. Every one of them. The church of Philadelphia, Jesus said this. Twice he used this term, you have kept. Because you have kept, I will keep you. Kept, you look it up, it means to walk guard around. I walk guard around Orchardville Church. I see things that other people don't see. And it ain't that I've got x-ray vision. It's just, this is the calling that God has given me and things that might irritate the life out of me. Other person is not going to bother them at all. 
But I walk guard around this place. I walk guard over at Centralia Branch. When Fairfield happened, I will walk guard around Fairfield. Why? Because it's important to me, that's why. I walk guard around myself as each and every person here today ought to do the same. You're walking guard. The church at Ephesus did not walk guard around its first love. The church at Smyrna did not walk guard around its people. I have a commitment to this church to preach things that's accurate according to the Word of God. This is why we believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. It don't just contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. We believe in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe that Jesus Christ, our Savior, was born of a virgin. We believe that Jesus is the only way to make it to heaven. We believe the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the rapture of the church. We believe the unity of the faith. We believe the great commission, and it is expedient on me to be able to preach that time and time and time again where we, don't, where we are walking guard around what we believe. Because in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. The theology word there is apostasy. To apostatize means to step away from. Charles Darwin, the father of evolution, was an apostate. At one time, he was in the church. Adolf Hitler, the father of Nazism, was an apostate because at one time he was in the church. Karl Marx, the father of communism, apostate, at one time seminary student. Parents, let's just get right down where the rubber meets the road here and show you how this plays out. If you are unwilling to sit in the seat of commitment it shows up in your children. Well, what's, it, what's it affect me? What's it bother me if I don't live like I'm supposed to live? It shows up in your kids. Let me give you a scripture. Second Chronicles chapter 26, and then chapter 27, and then chapter 28. Second Chronicles 26, then Uzziah the king was mad, he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And when he marched himself into the tabernacle to do that, leprosy broke out in his forehead. He was the king, not the priest. He had a certain amount of responsibility, not that responsibility. I'm the king, bless God, I'll do whatever I want. Not so fast, God said. And he left the house of God never to show back up again. Chapter 27. Jotham, Uzziah's son. Howbeit, he entered not 
into the house of the Lord. How come? Because dad got hurt in church. Dad got hurt in church. I say this to one and all. We are made up of people. Have you noticed that about the church? And people are always not going to always get along each and every day of their wonderful existence. People get out of sorts with me, and I'll never understand that, but it happens (laughs) all the time, it seems like. Next chapter, Ahaz, grandson of Uzziah. He didn't do that which was right. He made burn incense in the valley of Hinnom. Listen, listen. And burnt his children in that valley as a sacrifice to false gods. You can hear those kids screaming and it all goes back to their great-great-granddad who got hurt in church and didn't take correction, and he left, and it impacted his whole family. This is the chair we need to stay in, chair of commitment, chair of commitment. What's the next chapter going to be like in your family? Chair of commitment. Christian person, If you've left your first love, get it back. Jesus didn't say they lost it. They left it. Here's my watch. I haven't lost it. I've left it. I know where it's at. I can go get it back. Jesus said you've left your first love. You know where it's at. You can get it back. It's around an altar of prayer where you can get it back. It's around a time of of commitment to God where you can get that back. Jesus didn't say you've lost it. He said you left it. Go back and pick it up. Let me end with this. Leonardo da Vinci, and I've already made reference of his painting, that painted the Last Supper, which in itself is false. Because Jesus said, we'll eat again. So it ain't the Last Supper. We're going to eat again at the marriage supper of the Lamb. So that wasn't the last supper. I mean, that's going to be one of the wonders of heaven that we get to eat, right? It is. Come on. Come on. The master painter, as he painted and got different individuals to set in, a different people that was in his mind of what these disciples looked like. And you know, he had a hard time Got them all just right. Judas just, he just couldn't find, couldn't, couldn't find Judas. Couldn't find him. So he just left the painting alone. He started working on other things, other paintings, other things that he was inventions, other deals that he was doing. Twelve years go by. And he thinks, I got to get that painting done. And he thinks, where would be the meanest looking guy I could find? He thinks of the city penitentiary. 
He goes and talks to the warden. Of course, everyone knows who he is. Yes, yes, yes. Whatever you want to do, sir. He goes, this is what I got. I need a guy for a painting. I need the meanest looking guy you got here. And he said, I know who he is. He's in the inner prison, like in the third level of this prison. Only a handful of men that's there. But I got a guy in mind. He, along with some guards, takes Leonardo da Vinci there. They open up the door to where the guards, the warden, Leonardo da Vinci can get in and really look at this guy's face. And he says, I want to just say, I don't want to offend you, but I'm painting a painting and I'm almost done, but I need a guy to set in as Judas. And the guy took a step back and says, painter, you don't remember me, do you? And he looks again, trained eye. And he looks again and says, no, I do not. That man said, it was 12 years ago. You asked me to set in on a painting that you was painting, and you asked me to be Jesus. course of sin had taken its toll on this man. I'm reading a book now, and I'll probably mention this again next week, that Glory and Rodney give me. And it's about the path that we take. I'm telling you, the greatest path any of us can take starts with a chair of commitment. Imagine what this church could do if every person from this day on said, whatever, whatever it's going to be, whatever the cost, whatever I go through, I'm staying committed unto the Lord Jesus. Imagine what would happen. Would you all please stand? Father, we... We thank you, God, for the examples that we have within your word of people that were committed unto you. God, we're thankful for the example that you have left us of one that set his face like a flint to go to Jerusalem and to be able to win redemption for mankind, even though it meant a cruel cross. We're thankful, God, for that commitment. Help us all to have that same kind level, that level. Help us to get there, a level of commitment that it's all for you. In Jesus we pray. He was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, and by his wounds we are healed. He was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds. By his wounds we are healed. We are healed by your sacrifice in the life that 
that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677. I saw Jesus.